Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Advisor Unplugged podcast. Uh, my name is Tess Lee. I'm Managing Director of Money Info. And today I'm really pleased to be joined by friends from Presswood. Um, first off, we've got Adam Lisi, who's a technical consultant at Presswood. Hi, Adam. How are you doing? Hello. I'm very well, thank you. And I've got double the value today. I've got two de- two guests with me. I've also got Sandra Paul, who's responsible for PR and marketing at Presswood. Hi, Sandra. Great to have you here. Hi, lovely to be here. Thanks very much for inviting us. Oh, you're very welcome. So I'm going to go ladies first. I'm going to start with you, Sandra. Just tell us a little bit about you and your role at Presswood and how you've kind of got to, to where you are today. Give us a little bit of background and history on you first. Uh, well, I spent 10 years in government working for ministers doing PR and things like that for them. Then I went into the city and uh, worked in financial planning and financial services for a long time now and started working for Presswood around 2010, I think, something like that. So, uh, yeah, I've been firmly embedded in financial planning. I'm also um, the president of the Cotswold region for the CISI, and I'm on the FinTech committee as well. So I've got a consumery kind of interest in tech because I'm not an expert. I leave all of that sort of stuff to Adam. And that's great because you need that insight, right? And that that passion and that belief in all things, you know, how the how the technology is going to really deliver to the people. And that's what's important, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. So, Adam, what about you? Tell us a little bit about uh, your role at Presswood and, and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. So my background's more in research. Uh, so yeah, I come from a, a mixed background of various different uh, career avenues. And I started with Pressford around the same time, so around uh, around 2010. Um, and uh, so my role, uh, the company, I help onboarding our new customers, help them understand what cash flow modeling is and sort them out with the right training so they can really kind of get get the best out of our software. I also write all of our blogs and articles and do a lot of research. So I've spent this morning reading amends to the finance act for lifetime allowance legislation and all kinds of fun exciting things like that and you guys i remember you so in in a in a previous um life i guess i worked for first software um the advisor office for software um system and i remember you guys you were the trailblazers in kind of financial planning and cash flow tools weren't you and and that must be really interesting in terms of you both said you've been there since 2010 and that's a surprise it doesn't feel that long ago to me but it is a long time ago right so you were kind of I guess really early to market with this and and how I don't know who wants to chip in first but how have you seen that that change over the I guess 13 years for you Adam that you've been involved in financial planning software you've had new entrants come in but Presswood and Truth were kind of the trailblazers with that that type of software right yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've been offering lifelong cash flow modeling software since 1984. So okay. since before the uh, many of the uh, our competitors were even, you know, MDs were uh, in primary school or yeah. what have you. But um, <laughs> you know, I mean, we've been we've been doing this for a very long time, and I think you know over that period, so it's gone from being a, a, a very kind of niche offering, something that a, a few advisors were offering to very high net worth clients, perhaps to something that's far more widespread and the kind of the, the need for cash flow modeling is much more widely acknowledged now. Um, and I think really, uh, you know, people have a much better understanding now of, of the applicability of cash flow modeling. So mm-hmm. the context in which it's useful, where, you know, even before APTA and DB pension transfer legislation came in, people were only using it for high net worth clients in drawdown. 
Whereas, you know, actually it's it's really fantastically useful for, for any client who's making a financial decision. And, uh, you know, I mean, a, a massive wide range of, of cases. And what we found is that, especially over the past five or six years, there's been uh, much more availability of cash flow modeling uh, a much more uptake of cash flow modeling. So advisors are starting to use it with, with a much wider range of clients in a much wider range of contexts. And why, why do you think that is? Do you think, I mean, I guess it's a combination of the the industry and the profession evolving, but also client expectations. And, you know, what we've certainly seen is the clients becoming much more engaged in that process. They're much more digitally engaged in processes. How are you seeing that within cash flow planning as well in terms of how that's evolving? Because I, I sense now that a bit like our journey, it's not why do I need one of these? It's I need one of these. And, and which one do I do I pick? Yeah, I think I think uh, if if advisors aren't offering cash flow modeling, they, they, they almost feel pressured to do so now, whereas previously it was, you know, why should I be doing that? It's yeah. something that my clients don't don't need or want. But I think, you know, things like um, well, RDR going back uh, many years now, but you know, more recently, consumer duty requirements for clients, helping clients understand financial planning, helping clients visualize. And, you know, I mean, that's that's primarily what Truth's all about. So our cash flow model shows the client's liquid capital projected for the rest of their lives. You can have enough money to do all the stuff you want to do, you know, mm. objectives, goals, dreams, aspirations. Um, but in in a picture. So rather than giving them a critical yield table with loads of numbers and then 32 almost identical tables that have a slight variety in, in you know, kind of one percentage uh, to, to try and establish for them, you know, this is the yield that you need on your pension pot. It, it's more about are your, are, are your, your, your goals and objectives going to be better served by path A or path B? And here's a picture that shows you the exact implications of, of making these changes financially. Um, so from a consumer duty perspective, it, 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 it almost uh, sells itself. Yeah. You know, the concept of cash flow modeling. And, and you're right, because it is much, it's obviously that the whole point of consumer duty is around evidence, how you're actually taking action to improve customer outcomes. Right. And if you can show what financial planning tools do brilliantly is show clients progress against their financial plan, right, and their objectives. So you've you've kind of nailed that from a consumer duty perspective in terms of how you evidence that those outcomes are being met. And it's a much more, I guess, scientific way of demonstrating that the, the benefits of really good financial planning. And quantifying those things. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, this is one of the things that uh, when I when, when I first started at Press, one of the first articles that I wrote for Press was about um, life assurance and how you quantify the need for life assurance yeah. beyond uh, we know you're underprotected. You know, we know that you can barely afford to pay off the mortgage if if the worst happens to the main breadwinner or either or of you or, you know, what do you do about educating the kids or what have you. But, uh, you know quantifying these things is is exactly what it's all about it's it's putting putting a number on something and being able to evidence that to clients in a really visual way rather than just saying we've calculated with this horrendous excel spreadsheet that you need 3.8 million pounds worth of life cover which is going to cost you this and here's this you know here's the product information and sign on the dotted line it's much more about 
right? being able to quantify to clients, you know, this is the point at which you could retire, or you need to be putting this much into your pension, or mm. you can gift this much to your grandkids because you know, here's, here's a permission slip almost to, to be able to say, give this much away or spend this much or invest this much. And that, I guess, Sandra, coming to you in terms of um, the, the way that things have evolved. I mean, that's 40 years that, that Presswood has been involved in this industry. And we've seen so many changes over those 40 years and, and seen how financial planning, financial advice has massively evolved. Uh, and, and you know, the, the difference now to, to, to back then and in terms of what you were doing and how are you, what are you seeing? One of the challenges I'm really interested in is advisor adoption of technology, right? And how advisors... Yeah. Use that and how how from a marketing perspective and from an engagement perspective we get advisors to engage with technology and it and it seems to me that the one area where advisors are now engaging with technology is within that financial planning arena within that cash flow planning so how have you seen that evolution and and you know do you see still see some challenges with that in terms of advisor adoption I've seen huge changes especially since 2010 um, around 2014, we were, as Presswood, we were saying, you really shouldn't be doing any retirement planning or any investment planning unless you have a cash flow tool. You simply can't do it on an Excel sheet. Yeah. And around that time, we also, we, we've had quite a bit of resistance, I think, from some older planners who were basically saying it's all about their relationship with a the client. They needed a face-to-face relationship. Their clients didn't need any of these tech tools because they trusted the advisor. And I think with uh, COVID, we noticed a massive change in the way our uh, planners are using tech, using tech with their clients and so on. And um, initially during the COVID period, we actually went, um, had a number of user groups, webinars, things like that, where we were teaching our planners how to use things like Zoom because they'd never really engaged particularly well with tech. And, you know, even quite a few of them, they might have had cash flow planning, but some of them left it to their para planners to do all the technical stuff because they thought it was, you know, a bit time wasting for them. They should just focus on the client. And, you know, within three years, we've noticed almost a revolution, haven't we, with planners to uptaking of technology. You know, DocuSign, for example, I remember the first three months of COVID. Do you remember everybody scrabbling to yeah. find out about DocuSign and how, how they can use that? And then we went into the thing about, um, you know, we're all in different sites. We can't work from the office. How do we document share, you know, and um, how do we engage? It broke down barriers, didn't it? It really did. And it showed, I think, advisors and advice firms that technology adoption doesn't have to be complicated because you adopted Zoom overnight and Teams literally happened overnight, didn't it? And then DocuSign. And then I think it's been of real benefit to all of us that are in financial services technology to show advice firms actually this doesn't need to be scary huge project scary you know and they're coming from a background maybe of not getting the best out of technology in the past I think it's been a game changer right absolutely absolutely and I think they're far more willing to um, spend time in research to find out what tech tools are best for them and uh, their clients and so on so Mm. Yeah, we're evolving constantly, aren't we? Adam and I were talking about chat GPT this morning. And, you know, it, how's that going to revolutionise the advisory world? Yeah. Um, and it's, it, again, we use that word scary because technology seems to be going 
so fast yeah um, and it's it's quite difficult to explain all the changes that might happen but it can only benefit us I mean, yeah. again go past over the past three years um yes uh, there was almost an end to face-to-face um meetings and things like that advisors and clients realized they didn't need to travel to see each other um but moving on from that we are I think moving out to a far more a wider client base now or consumer base. Yeah. So we were talking earlier, we've launched a free consumer website, cash flow yeah. website. And, you know, some planners would say, why are you doing that when you're selling the software to planners? And again, the point is um, we're bringing financial advice, financial um, tools and so on to a much wider base, getting them educated, uh, making this sort of stuff almost intuitive so that by the time they do see a planner, you know, it's that sort of tech tool of a cash flow tool has already educated them. They're already in the mindset of I need to have a bit of a handle on this. And now they're looking for somebody who can actually help them navigate that. So getting yeah. them ready for that process as they go through there. And that's I think that's really important because we know that financial advice and financial planning firms have a looming problem in terms of intergenerational wealth transfer, right? With There's loads of stats around it, three trillion, whatever it is that's going to transfer over the next 10 to 20 years. And I don't know how how much work is being done within financial advice firms and planning firms to, to prepare for that and to start connecting with that next generation of clients now, right? Your clients' children are not necessarily just going to accept that I'll deal with dad's advisor when dad you know, passes on and I, I inherit this money. They're not, are they? They're, they're going to be interested in their peers. They're not going to, they're not uh, interested in local, you know, they're on Google. They've got, their world is much, much broader than it was. And I think there's a real important piece of work for firms to be doing to thinking about what's going to happen when that happens and how they engage with those clients and what you're doing with your it's truth about money, I think it's called, Right. Is, is engaging with those clients now and preparing them and, and educating them, I guess, to get ready for the fact that they're going to need to start planning for their future. I think, I think the key element in this is timing. Uh, yeah. And one thing that, so Paul Etheridge, the, the late Paul Etheridge, the godfather of financial planning, exactly. uh, he, he used to offer free financial advice to children of clients between the age of 18 and 25. So once they became kind of young adults, but up to the age of 25, he, he'd offer free advice to the children of clients so you know trying to steer them on the path towards being financially organized and I think it's you know massively about timing I was reading some some statistics about this the other day actually so we pass much more wealth on at death in this country via inheritance than we do during life um so if we look at you know the stats in this country versus the US we actually a little bit more during lifetime than, than in the US, but actually significantly less than in, in on the continent. So France and Germany, it's roughly 50-50 in terms of what you give during your life and what's given on death statistically. Um, and in this country, generally, people only engage a financial advisor when they've received that money, when they've got the inheritance. And it's, it's, it's communicating to the children of clients uh, the need for financial advice before they get to the stage where they've inherited the money. Because as you say, you know, at that point, the, the main influences around them are their peers. And, uh, you know, what what's the what's the drive, what's the impetus towards using your parents' financial financial advisor? And I think, you know, th- th- there's a lot of firms in the US who concentrate just on family 
advice. So they'll have, you know, rather than have a pool of 50 clients, they might serve five, six families. And they probably charge these families an absolute fortune, but you know, they just engage in it. They're not looking for any other clients. They won't need to look for any other clients because they've got this perpetual referral situation mm. going on. Uh, it, so it feels like a bit of a an ethos for you as a, as a business, right? And a bit of a legacy from Paul in terms of how you're carrying that forward. And I feel like this is an important part of what you're doing and your culture and how you want to expand financial planning out to the next generation. Would, would that be right? Yeah, absolutely. I'd say so. I mean, I think really, you know, putting forward the, the case for the, the need for cash flow modelling and for, for being more financially well organised rather than, you know, it just being a, an additional string to advisors' bows. We we see it as being something that's, you know, almost a requirement for, for doing proper financial planning, being able to, to, to show clients whether their lifestyle is affordable, being able to, you know, have these sensible conversations with clients I mean, one of my pet hates is um using the words using words like income need in retirement so you know clients currently spending a hundred thousand pounds a year fifty thousand pounds a year whatever it might be and then when they retire suddenly their income need drops down well does it you know what is that income need does it actually made up of better holidays or you know saving money on their season ticket because they're not commuting into the city or whatever it might be uh, but actually over what period of time do these things happen? Is there a period in early retirement where they're going to go on fantastic holidays? And then is there a period when they're you know, approaching their 80s, 90s, where they might not want to get on long haul flights and go to the Maldives every six months or whatever it might be? But retirement's so, so variable. Um, and, you know, I think cash flow modeling is, is such, a, such an important way of helping clients understand that their financial future is going to be changeable um, and you know what the shape of that might look like. And how have you both seen that in terms of client engagement with the technology and client engagement with the process and client understanding of that, you know, that that the, the whole concept of cash flow modeling, how have you seen that progress and change over, I guess, recent recent years? Because we're seeing, you know, we I say this a lot, we hear advisors say, oh, my clients won't use technology. They're not, you know, they're not interested in that. They're all high net worth. Not, uh, how, and I go, well, if I had a pound for everyone that said it, I'd be a very wealthy lady right now. It's just not true. It's, it's actually, they're not the barrier to technology. How are you seeing that in your in your arena in terms of client engagement with the, the tools and the outputs of what cash flow planning gives you? We have feedback mainly from our planners. <clears throat> now, our planners are saying to us that the clients are definitely engaging with technology. Yeah. So um, the cash flow planning element, it used to be, um, <clears throat> you know, we would show them a graph. Red is good. Red is bad. Sorry. Blue is good. Um, <clears throat> and that's all they wanted to show the client. But actually now we're finding it be, it's so much more interactive, especially with the growth of portals and so on. Yeah. And, and our link, you know, obviously with you is, exactly, is that we're working on right now hot off the press as we speak is going to help such a lot I mean I'm, I for example am one of your clients so I understand you know our financial um experience as a consumer isn't um ad hoc one-off bits all of this needs to be integrated in a way you know we can't be going to 10 different sources to find out what our pension is what our bank account is yeah our answers or whatever you know we need it you know basically on the phone don't we all in yeah. one place and we expect it now there you know we're much I think as you know consumers we're used to challenging and, and pushing back 
uh, and we you know I think as consumers again we want value for money so previously we might have expected tech to be expensive now we expect tech to drive costs down we're yeah. definitely seeing that so um, planners are I think are giving much better value for money um, not just by using our cash flow tool but embracing tech um, embracing those efficiencies and passing those efficiencies down to the clients exactly I think I think you're right in terms of what we do and what you do if we can connect the giving clients access to everything they have and organizing that for them and presenting it in a way that they can see where they are today and combining that with a plan that gets them to where they want in the future is going to be incredibly powerful which is why obviously we we've connected and we're now doing that piece of work to to bring those two elements together so the the client then gets not only where you sit today and what you've got, but also you you can see for consumer duty, of course, progress against that plan and and how you know the impact that it's going to have on your life now and in the future, right? I think that's one of the key things is that you know if we talk about tools, be it cash flow modeling or what have you, helping clients to kind of quantify um, the, the the financial decisions they're trying to make and and you know the the, the state of their finances, um, you know that's the output. All the input is all of the assumptions. And if you don't use these things dynamically with clients, if you don't engage clients with the process, where is the opportunity for them to, to gain confidence and to kind of veto those assumptions and to vet those assumptions and to say, well, actually, no, I don't quite agree with that one. If you're just presenting the client with a chart or a graph or what have you. So actually kind of going through the process interactively with the client and saying, you know, let's let's work through the details we have about your assets or your income or your expenditure. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then and then you take the, the product of that, which is the cash flow or whatever it might be, uh, and 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 you present it to the client. And obviously, you know, kind of they then have a massive amount of confidence in it because it's assumptions that you've built collaboratively with the client. And you know, you're and not it, you're not presenting this this foreign object to them. And it's the planner expertise that is is questioning the clients, guiding the client, advising the client, saying, well, have you thought about this? We need to look at that and what's going to happen if. That's where the real value is. It's not, you know, the technology is not taking the value away from that conversation, is it? It's supporting that. Okay, well, I'm going to think, I'm going to give you a scenario now, client, where, that we need to think about. Let's have a look how that could look and let's have that conversation. It is supporting those conversations, isn't it? Rather than taking away the value of the advisor, yeah. it's actually complementing and illustrating i guess the value of the the planner in that process right there in front of the client real time yeah and i think also that's what helps the planner ensure that the client returns to them annually at yeah. least yeah. six months i mean my planner almost holds me to account in a sense i know that sounds nuts so it's not a financial um benefit that I necessarily get from going through all the cash flow planning and, and so on it's because annually I kind of need to sort of hold myself to account to say what have I done since last year that I promised yeah. to do, you know with my financial planner um, and that relationship is brilliant you don't have that with anyone else really do you um you you don't, and that you know it's that confidence that peace of mind that people are paying for when they they mm -hmm. take a plan. it's peace of mind ultimately that we're getting isn't it and that that person that's going to say these are the right decisions that you're making. This is, and this is the impact that they're going to have. And I think, for for me, that's why the best of technology, alongside that human interaction, is what's really going to 
deliver those great outcomes that we want to achieve for clients under consumer duty, right? That's so, so, so important. And where do you think, I don't know who wants to jump in here, but where do you, what do you, where do you think the future is? You know, you're already doing work through Truth About Money to connect with that next generation of clients. You're seeing how technology has evolved with advisors and how they're using it more effectively with clients and where financial planning has it's come a huge, huge long way since the product sales of probably when you first entered this in 1984, right? The world was a very different place. Where do you see the future direction, I guess, of advisor technology now? What's on the horizon for you guys and where are you looking to to, to innovate and, and you know, to, to really start, you know, what's next, I guess, is the question that's... That I'm asking. I guess just a freer exchange of data uh, across all platforms is 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 the future. Uh, you know, when we talk about pension dashboards that have been uh, what, pending for, <laughs> for a de- yeah. probably since before Sandra and I were in financial services. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, the 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 concepts, the idea that you know there will be uh, more opting out than opting in to things like data exchange via APIs. Yeah. Um, but also. There's a balance to be struck and there's a constant balance to be struck between uh, what clients can self-serve and what clients need to engage an advisor for. Um, and I think uh, the advisor, the, the role of the advisor will always almost be sacrosanct in, 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 in terms of doing duties such as observing changes to legislation and helping clients, helping hold clients' hands through that process. So, you know, we have things like the lifetime allowance being scrapped and that's going to be enormous for some clients so i spoke to one of our customers the other day who uh client was about to crystallize a pension two weeks ago uh, and they were looking at paying a six hundred thousand pound lifetime allowance charge they're now putting it off for three weeks i mean a matter of kind of 20 odd days and they save themselves six hundred thousand pounds uh you know obviously that client has financial advice obviously they're relatively high net worth client they've probably yeah. got a pension fund worth you know best part of three million pounds but if if a client doesn't have financial advice if a client is self-serving if a client's using uh you know ai or or what have you uh, uh some kind of robo advice forum that you know uh, provides them with with i suppose tailored advice but only within the bounds of an algorithm um they they lose out on that process they lose mm-hmm. out on the kind of the hand holding the the conversations with a real human being so i think that there's going to be a, a growing role for artificial intelligence perhaps uh maybe uh kind of some elements of robo advice for the simpler tasks and to ensure that we're being efficient about these things but the role of the advisor is going to be key and the way in which advisors communicate with clients is going to be leveraging technology much more heavily moving forwards exactly i couldn't agree more and for me you know, I think it doesn't matter whether you have 20 million or 20,000 or 2,000 to invest, plan with, save for, whatever. To you, that's a serious amount of money, no matter what level you are. And all of us want that human to be with us to say, this is what you should be doing. You're making the right decision. I'm going to give you some counsel on that or some guidance. You know, that's where computers can't re- can't replace, right? Because they don't have empathy. They don't have judgment or they can't see nuance when we're talking they can't see facial expressions and think oh actually you know that's where the human interaction is so important I think and you're right exactly our our premise is technology is there to complement the advice and planning process to take away some of the heavy lifting to evidence outcomes to demonstrate to illustrate to bring things to life to some extent to give a really engaging experience to help us connect 24 7 with people 
but it's never going to replace that that ultimate planning and advisory process that we all value and that that's what really gives us the peace of mind isn't there tools to enable you're absolutely right so um we're on the same page um so look we're coming towards the end of our time just is there anything else you'd want to kind of any closing thoughts you want to give to our planners and advisors that are listening today in terms of, you know, where, where you're sitting or what they should be thinking of before we find out a little bit more about how people can find out more? I mean, I suspect most of our listeners know no no press word. And, if, you know, you've got a great pedigree, 1984 since pedigree. But what, what closing thoughts would you give us today in terms of what we've been discussing? I would just say that um, encountering new tech, you are going to have to invest a bit of time. Yeah. But if you invest 15 minutes, you're going to save yourself 15 hours down the line. So it's worth understanding the tech, taking time to know it, asking the right questions, doing your research. Uh, and don't expect, you know, a magic wand and it, it to be, you know, made clear, you know, very quickly. So um, I'm not saying it's going to be difficult. I'm just saying you need to invest some time and be sensible. Yeah. If it's a tool that you're going to be paying for, then, you know, do your research. Because that's where you'll get the real value out of it. Yeah. What do you think? No, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think, uh, you know, consumer duty really has kind of evidenced this. And I think a lot of advisors feel pressed, you know, with with consumer duty obligations coming in end of tax year. There's always things to be busy about. Uh, And I think, uh, you know, finding a tool that will that will help you. Uh, and, and looking at the needs of your clients, the needs of your business, the need of your demographic that you work with, uh, and finding a tool that will, or a range of tools or a tech stack that that helps you deliver, uh, you know, the the outcomes that you want for your clients is is key. Uh, and finding the right technology to to slot into that. Fantastic. And finally, then before we finish, tell us a little bit about how can we, how can our listeners find you online. Give us some information about how they can point people towards Truth About Money and also Presswood and, and Truth Software. Give us the, the, the web addresses and the contact stuff. That Absolutely. I'll, I'm sure so, we'll be watching to hear. Yeah, so our website is truthsoftware.co.uk, uh, all one word. Uh, we are on all the social media platforms as uh, Presswood Truth, um, so on um, Instagram and Twitter and everywhere else. Um, we've got a YouTube channel, which has got loads of content on it, adding stuff there all the time. Uh, and lots of nice pretty uh, videos on there we also uh, record so we have quarterly uh, user group meetings so national user group meetings Brilliant. which we've been running since covid uh, and those can be accessed via our, our youtube channel as well uh, so loads of stuff uh, and going on. and don't forget my truth about money and truth about money which is my truth about money brilliant well look get involved everybody that's listening get in touch if you want to find out about more of the brilliant stuff that that presswood are doing um all that's left for me to say is thank you so much for joining me today it's been an absolute delight talking to both of you and hearing your insight and your thoughts on what's what's going on out there in the world of advisor tech so thank you very much it's great to see you today thanks tess thanks for having us you're very welcome